Tappers, what's up? It is the Friday edition of the Daily Tap for January 28th. Hope you're doing well. We have made it another week. It's crazy that it'll be February next month already. We good show today. We're going to talk Free Talk Friday. We're going to do sports in the stock market. Nolan Arenado, the Cardinals, a gym story, weekend preview. We're going to do it all. We'll explain what Free Talk Friday is in a second here. And we'll tell the story of how I was at the Randall Simon sausage game in ticket story time to wrap up our show. So what is Free Talk Friday, you might ask. Some of you might not have been listeners for a long time. You're just joining us now. Free Talk Friday is basically, let's roll the ball out and have some fun. Let's talk about anything that's going on in the world, anything that is kind of on my mind, and things to talk about. And I decided to structure this a little bit better because I would try to do this and then I would just be like stream of consciousness shit. And it it never really came out well. So what I'm doing now is I wrote down a list of things to talk about. I didn't rank them. I basically am going to pick and choose what I want to talk about. If I make it through all of them, great. If I don't, not a big deal. I think I'm going to try to get us out of here from free talk in... We'll do 10 minutes or so, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, since we only have two topics. So maybe we will do a little bit more free talk today. Now you might ask, Charlie, is the betting stuff going away? No, not really. We'll still talk about betting on Fridays. We're going to do, obviously, next week when we talk about Super Bowl props and we talk about the Super Bowl itself. And I mean, that'll probably be the entire show. But the thing is, is the lines aren't really out for college basketball early. Um, you have NBA lines out, but the Bucks don't always play on Friday. So it's not always the opportune time. And something like a free talk Friday isn't always going to be here. It, it, it all depends on what's going on. There's not a lot happening right now. So that's why we're doing a free talk Friday. And part of the reason why the sports and sports and stock market are so big right now and everybody's talking about everybody has to have some sort of guest on i listen to both part of my take and bill simmons and they literally have both the co-founders of billions on one is compliment one has the other guy it's wild um that both of them are are talking about that because it does feel like an episode of billions feels like bobby axelrod going up against reddit is like an actual thing we are witnessing live in society. And everybody is encapsulated. Everyone's just sort of in the moment talking about it. And you wonder why. And you wonder why sports and the stock market are kind of together as one this week. Well, number one, there is nothing to talk about. Aaron Rodgers said it himself in his uh, talk with Pat McAfee. It's a slow news week. There's nothing really to kind of discuss. So because it's a slow news week, you're getting a lot of the stock market stuff's a huge story. If, in fact, that the Super Bowl was this week, I don't know how many people are talking about this in the sports world. I think the eyes would then be on the Super Bowl and be like, oh, wow, it's kind of crazy what's happening in in the stock market. But no one would be having on multiple guests and would not be sort of in this tunnel mind about it. And I also think that, you know, it's it's fun topic. It's a it's a crazy story. It is like I said, it's a story out of billions. It's the big short 
you know, part two. It's Big Short, the short squeeze, or whatever you want to look at it. Like, it is a fascinating story. I have no way, no idea where it ends. I didn't get involved. I'm actually happy about it. I'll be honest. Like, there have been many a times where I just go headfirst in because I have FOMO, and I decided to kind of stay on the sidelines, read a lot of stuff, listen to a lot of stuff, but just kind of hanging out. And I, I think that's the right thing. And for Robin Hood, I don't even know what they were thinking. Talk about a team, a group of people who made a decision and overreacted versus, you know, really having a coordinated PR effort and getting the word out about why they were shutting it down versus what they did where they just didn't tell anyone and it was completely gone. And now they've created enemies. They've, they're raising a lot of hell and it'll be curious to see what the outcome is here. Moving to actual sports topics, because I know you guys don't give a shit about me talking about the stock market, which I'm not going to, I wasn't pretending to be an expert, but it's more the fascination of why is sports media hopping onto this? The other, oh, the other thing I wanted to add real quick. The other thing I wanted to add was it's partly gambling. And gambling's become such a part of our ethos in America right now. You know, FanDuel is everywhere. DraftKings is, is you know, all, all over the place. Barstool has their own sportsbook and they're all over the place. So everybody is exposed to gambling content. What's the difference of what this is, what's going on in Wall Street? It's very similar. So I'm not really surprised that everybody's all in on this with how gambling has become such a an important part of our society and more and more states are legalizing it more and more states are advertising for it and they're making millions and billions of dollars doing it it's a no-brainer for any state trying to recoup a lot of those covid losses but wisconsin won't do it which is another story for another time uh that actually be a really good podcast segment maybe in the summer kind of doing a deep dive on why it will not happen for a long, long time. Because there, it's out there. I've written about it, but I don't think I've ever actually done like a full podcast on it. So that's something to think about moving forward. Other topics on the free talk today. We got Nolan Arenado potentially going to the St. Louis Cardinals. That was broken by Ken Rosenthal tonight. I will drink cyanide if that happens. I know I think I already promised drinking cyanide for something else, but I will seriously just jump off a building. Like, that's terrible. Like, I cannot have Nolan Arenado in the NL Central playing for the St. Louis Cardinals. That is worst nightmare type shit. That is, it foils every plan that I was talking about with the Brewers about how no one seems to be going for it. So the Brewers you know, should it try to sign guys, should try to make their roster better. And then the fucking Cardinals get Arenado, one of the best players in baseball, and for a long time. And then your corner infielders are Arenado and Goldschmidt, two of the best guys against left-handed pitching. When you have Josh Hader as a closer, and if you have to face Arenado Goldschmidt back-to-back, are you serious? I, I, honestly, I can't have it happen. I will be catatonic. I, I will be because, like, I, I hate the Cardinals. I, we all hate the Cardinals, right? We Anyone in Wisconsin hates the Cardinals for 2011. We just don't forget it. Tony LaRusso is such a prick about it. Brewers have never really been able to exact their revenge on the Cardinals for that series. 
And if man, if they get Arenado, it's gonna be whew, that is going to be tough. I because that makes the Cardinals really good, and it definitely vaults them ahead of the Brewers. And if they're gonna try to get Justin Turner, go ahead, man. Like you're gonna have to load up if you wanna wanna complete compete with St. Louis. So we'll see what happens in that realm. Also on the free talk today, we have the Miller Park freakout. So we're talking baseball. Why, why don't we get into the Miller Park freakout? I, I don't understand. And I've, I've ranted about this before. So this isn't new. For those who've listened, you've heard this, this rant before. But let's bring it back for some of the others. I have no idea why people are losing their shit over Miller Park changing their name. I don't get it at all. I had a well-placed source tell me that Miller Park did not want to bring Miller Park back. Like as hard as that is for some of you motherfuckers to hear that, Miller Park didn't want it. They didn't want it. They said, we are done with it. They did not want the naming rights anymore. Miller was trying to get out of the naming rights game. Miller is was overexposed in that area and they were trying to pull back. And so they never made a bid for Miller Park to keep its name. So for all of you that are like, I'm still going to call it Miller Park. It's still Miller Park to me. I know Paul Lucas, that loser is going to come up with like a t-shirt that's still Miller Park to me. That guy can fuck off. Talk about a guy who thinks he's so much more important than he is. That guy is maybe number one on the list. So the fact of the matter is, is like Miller Park, they didn't, they didn't want it back. I'm sorry you have to hear that. I'm sorry you have to hear that Miller Park did not want to continue to have their name be Miller Park. People act like, oh, it's so perfect because they're the Brewers and all this stuff. When forgetting they're owned by a fucking major corporation. They're owned by Molson fucking Coors. They're not owned by like the Brewers Association of Wisconsin. It's not owned by the dudes who run Eagle Park or 1840. Shout out to both. You guys want to hook it up. I buy enough beer from you. You might as well. But anyways, this is a corporation. So why are we why do we feel bad? We're we're just talking about how we're like, fuck the corporations, fuck the hedge funds. And now you're like, oh, I feel bad for Miller Park. I feel bad for Molson Coors, one of the biggest beer companies in the world. Fuck off. It's a lot of swearing. I'm sorry. I don't know if there's a lot of people. I don't know if we've hit the demo where we have kids in the car when I podcast. But if we do, someone let me know that. Because I, I I at least would like to be like, heads up, I'm going to start dropping F-bombs like it's Hiroshima. But I, I at least would like to know it first. So then I can preface it. I can kind of get ahead of it or say, oh, this is getting spicy. You know, maybe turn this down if you got the kiddos in the car and apologize for the, them learning new words. But, you know, I, it's it, it's one of those things where I, I think our demo isn't there just yet. But, yeah, man, I, I can't get on board with Miller Park people who are like, oh, it's still Miller Park. Fuck off. It's American Family Field. I will probably call it Miller Park for a long time and it'll be just out of habit. I've called it Miller Park forever. You know, it can still be called the keg. Like, Brewers play there. It can still be called the keg. We can still call it the keg. A lot of people hate that name, but whatever. It's just a stadium name. Who cares? It's, the design's fine. American Family American Family Insurance wants to be everywhere. 
They want to kind of take over Northwestern Mutual in that space because Northwestern Mutual is the quiet company. Northwestern Mutual does not have the awareness that American Family Insurance has not only at Miller Park, but also at the amphitheater. So then their insurance agents, who are all probably slime balls, probably not all of them, I shouldn't say that, but there are a lot of them who will go, oh, do you, do you know that we're like the title sponsor of the Brewers? And oh yeah, and Summerfest too. Our, you know, we, our policy owners have all these great perks. We take care of them at this, that, and the other. And boom, you've signed up for a fucking life insurance policy. Congratulations. I, as someone who had a company that did that or worked for a company that did that, it's not, it doesn't always work. But that's why they're doing it. So not only did I tell you guys that this is a major corporation and stop freaking out, but I also taught you a marketing lesson. So you're welcome and thanks for coming to my TED Talk. All right, so some weekend stuff. We have the Bucks on a road trip tonight. They're playing the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm sure they'll be favored. I'm sure the line probably is out. Eric Bledsoe already looking to be traded. Eric Bledsoe, first matchup against the Bucks. Drew Holiday, first matchup against the Pelicans. We will see if Torrey Craig continues to get minutes. I uh, think the returns have been good on those. Would, wouldn't have thought that Torrey Craig, who played meaningful minutes against the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, couldn't be an immediate contributor for the Bucks. Who, who would have fucking thought, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been really good the last two games for the Bucks. You just got to keep it rolling. At this point, you you want to start building on some wins and start building a winning streak. I feel like the Bucks haven't really got that long winning streak yet. And I I almost wonder if they're on the cusp with playing New Orleans and Charlotte. Charlotte's been struggling of late. Uh, New Orleans has been a fucking mess against any good team this season. So I, I think, and then they get Portland, who's banged up, who doesn't have... Yusef Nurkic or CJ McCollum. So I I really think there's a strong opportunity that the Bucks can kind of get hot here and get it get it to get it rolling. And Zion is a tub of lard. I hate to admit that Eric, a friend of ours, is right about Zion. He thought he'd be a bust. I'm not ready to call him a bust yet, but man, the guy just does not care defensively at all. It's games on ESPN, so those cord cutters don't have to worry about trying to find a stream. The game will be on your television screen. Who knows what broadcasters were rolling out with for Bucks Pelicans. As for the college hoops of the world, we have Marquette added a game, so that, that happened. So Marquette was supposed to have the weekend off. Marquette was supposed to play Butler next Tuesday. It's probably a good thing I had a tab in the keg and not couldn't have ranted about Marquette's first half. That was absolutely abysmal. So now they play St. John's on, on Sunday. That game has been moved. It is a critical game for Marquette. And it's not critical in the sense of making a tournament. They're not going to make the tournament, okay? I've, I have counseled Marquette. We have, we'll officially do it. Marquette is counseled. And what does counsel mean for those who don't know? It's console day season. It's something that KFC Barstool created years ago. It's spelled differently. They are in console. I am in the Dunn Club with Marquette. Will I still watch? Yes. I have a blog and a podcast. I also happen to like the, the university. I don't, do I like this team? I like the players. I don't like the coaches. So I, I like these players and want to support these players. So I'll continue to watch. But I won't be maddened about you know i won't be frustrated about the head coach steve wojciechowski because 
Steve Wardowski just continually does a terrible job and they've been mediocre for years and no one cares. And it's incredible. It's incredible that no one cares. It's incredible we are hearing zero noise about Wojo's seat being warm and that he needs to have a good final kick or he's out as Marquette's head coach. He's awful. He just isn't good. And maybe this is the year that people finally realize it in the higher-ups at Marquette that actually matter and make those decisions. The Badgers play at Penn State. I believe this is a COVID reschedule. Penn State's all right. They're kind of scrappy. They like to run up and down the court. That'll be a very fun test for a Wisconsin team that's held their last three opponents they've beat to under 60 points. So we'll see if Wisconsin keep that trend up. Micah Potter was awesome in that game against Maryland. Uh, obviously, we'll look to see if he can also repeat success in that. But yeah, no, none of those games, if you're like from a gambling side, what do, which ones do you like? I'd stay far the fuck away from Marquette. I'd probably stay away from Wisconsin, not knowing the line. I bet it'll be four or five. Uh, they always do not play well at Penn State. So I don't I don't like that one for Wisconsin. I do like the Bucks probably up to eight. I think if it's like nine and a half, which it could be, if it's like nine and a half or 10, I would not touch it. I would put them in a money line parlay for sure. But I just, that's too many points in today's NBA. Without the fans, that's, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if I see 10 points right now. Maybe that's my personal untrustworthiness with the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, let's talk about the sausage game. And then maybe I'll tell a gym story at the end. Uh, I was like, yeah, should I tell a gym story? Should I not? And I could leave it for like a next week's Chuck's Corner. But uh, we'll see. Let's do Randall Simon and the time I was there. So I went to that game. I was sitting I was sitting like 11th row in that, I believe. Uh, we got really nice seats from my friend Shannon's uh, stepdad, Terry. And Terry and my dad were really good friends. They coached basketball together. They had steaks and swam in, my, in Shannon's pool at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Per sources, just guys being dudes. Dudes rock, you know. Um, but anyways, that's, again, another story for another time. Anyway, we got tickets to that game. Uh, yeah, we were 2003 J- July. So we're about to go into high school, about to start football for the first time. So all this stuff's happening. So we're eighth grade. Um, I can't tell you much. I looked at the box score. I, I couldn't tell you anything really that happened in that game besides the Randall Simon stuff, which we were right by. We were right by the Randall Simon infamous sausage hit. Someone's barreling down there. He sticks the bat out and boom, a racing sausage falls to the ground. Now it wasn't malicious like that. I think people overreacted. It was like the middle of July It was a classic time, similar to the stock market thing, where there was nothing going on and people just freaked the fuck out. And it was, when you watched it in person, it was funny. Like, I I don't remember much. I, I mean, I remember the incident. Like, I remember it happening. But I don't really remember what, like, Shannon and I's reactions were. Like, I don't remember if we were laughing. I don't remember 
I, we obviously weren't like mortified. We weren't like, you know, we're 13 year olds. We probably, 14 year olds. We probably thought it was hilarious, right? Like, that's just shit you find funny when you're 13. People wiping out. I still find it funny. And I'm 32. So, what's that say? I don't know. Maybe a little bit about my, my maturity. But it would, we got back, and oh my God, like, Sports Center went crazy with it. It was this huge story. I actually looked it up on Wikipedia. I looked up Randall Simon's Wikipedia, which, let me tell you, kids, is a fucking ride. And obviously, there's a section dedicated to Sausage Gate here. They call it the uh, Sausage Race Incident. Uh, that, and they said that Simon felt terrible. He, in uh, the person Mandy Block, she suffered a scraped knee, and he got uh, he had to pay four hundred and thirty-two dollars for a disorderly conduct fine. He was suspended three games, fined two thousand dollars. He did issue apology, obviously. Autographed back to block, and then later in the year, uh, she got a complimentary trip to Carousel, where Simon is from, in the Caribbean for two people, and and then I guess when he returned to Miller Park as a member of the Cubs, they bought he bought Italian sausages for an entire section, and during his race, like the teammates held him back, so he didn't go after him again. So. In a lot of ways, Randall Simon probably paid too much of a crime for it. He'll always be remembered for that. But in a lot of ways, Randall Simon kind of made good after it. Like, he realized he fucked up. He he admitted as such. And then, and then there was that. I don't know what that story plays like in 2020. I, I could see it going in so many different ways. Like, would people be like, oh my God, he hit a woman with a bat? Would that angle come into play? Would people get like super woke on it? Even though, like I said, it was just him sticking out his bat and she ran into it. Would it be like a man picking out a woman, even though he didn't know like a woman was racing the sausage? Would it be, you know, something that it goes, obviously would go viral. I mean, it would be, it would just go nuts, like virally. But would it be something where it's like, ah, you might want to take this down, even though it comes back, oh, she has a scraped knee. It's not that big of a deal. So yes, Randall Simon, though, really didn't play much after that. He went back to the Pirates in 2004, then went to the Devil Rays, then played with the Oryx Buffaloes, which is in Japan, and then came back and played for the Phillies, and then was in played for the Netherlands in the World Baseball Classic with Andrew Jones, and then just bounced around. Uh, he also, he played, how about this? Randall Simon loved baseball enough to play in Fargo, North Dakota. Played for the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks. And loved baseball enough to play for the Railcats of fucking Gary, Indiana. And the Rockford Riverhawks. Gotta ask Mike Fant about the Rockford River Hawks. I mean, I get love in baseball, but if you're you're slumming it in Gary, Indiana, dude, like I, I just I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. Should we try to? I bet, I wonder if Randall Simon's on cameo. Can we get Randall Simon on cameo? That let's look. Let's see if Randall Simon's on cameo or any like Instagram. Let's see see if we can find here. Nothing really. Oh, Randall Simon Baseball Academy? Sign me the fuck up. 
I don't know where it's being being taken place, but yes, there is a Randall Simon Baseball Academy. Let's go! All right, sign your kids up. This is a new. Uh, what's the Fred McGriff one? Oh God, it's gonna that's gonna bother me that I don't know. Oh, I can't think of it. I know it, and you guys are probably going crazy. Oh, Mike Mansky. There it is. You guys are probably yelling in your your cars. We're like, it's Mike Mansky, you fucking asshole. Get it right. Anyways, I got it. All right. So a couple things about that game, just real quick. We're not gonna probably do the gym story. It went too long. I'll save the gym stuff for next time. All right. Couple other things about that game. One. I remember, and I, I'm almost positive this happened, is I thought I was caught shit because I was wearing like a Hollister shirt. At that time, like I was wearing like Hollister and like Aeropostale and American Eagle, and I wouldn't think to like wear a Brewer shirt to a game. Why? Well, I don't know. I, I, I think at some point I turned myself a metrosexual, which I'm sure worried my father at some point, but that's, you know, whatever. Um, but anyways, I was, yeah, I was a little bit of a fashionista. So I had this like blue Hollister baseball shirt on. It was like a baseball cut, had baseball sleeves. I really liked it. I don't think it fit me that well. Um, it was kind of a pudgy kid. I did thin out around eighth grade, but whatever. And I believe I fell in mud and I believe I like slipped. Like I think Shannon and I were fucking around after the game and I slipped in mud had to go into Terry's car. I believe we had to get towels. And I remember both my dad, Terry, Shannon, Chad's dying. It, that I have like this faint memory of that. He's been listening to the podcast lately. So hopefully he listens to this and confirm that that story actually did in fact happen. Lastly, the game itself. You're probably like, Charlie, what happened in this 2003 sausage race incident game? Well, friends, I will tell you. The Brewers won 2-1. to one. It was a 12th inning game. They had 12 hits, only two runs. Uh, they walked it off. I don't know who who walked it off. Who had the game winner? So They left 14 guys on base. They were 1-13 with runners in scoring position. The game went three only, only three and a half hours. That's actually kind of impressive for it being a 12-inning game. Let's see who had the walk-off. It was a single from... Richie or from John Vanderwall. Oh, yes. Oh, Wes Helms. Sorry. Wes Helms with the walk off off Joe Bimel. Uh, that is absolutely wild. The pitch start pitchers in that game. Chris Benson. Never forget Anna Benson and Glendon Rush. Uh, Glendon Rush that year at that point had a 809 ERA. Brooks Kieschnick got the win. A lot of great brewer names here. You had Leo Estrella. Mike DeJean, Danny Kolb, um, Kieschnick, as mentioned. Uh, Eddie Perez, who was Maddox's catcher, four for three in this game. Eddie Perez, three for four. Eddie Perez getting it done. Uh, it was 316 on, on the year. Oh, God, Royce Clayton. That, that's a name that just gives sends chills down your spine. The fact that John Vanderwall, who is a, like, the utility guy, was our hitting fifth in that lineup, it says everything you need to know about the 2003 Brewers. They finished 68 and 94 in case you were curious. All right, that does it for our show. We'll be back on Monday. We will talk about what happened this weekend with the Bucks and the 
college basketball world. I was going to say the Brewers. I'm like, Brewers don't play. But, you know, Brewers on the brain. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Little all over the place. You know, the late night podcasting, man. Tell you what, it's fun because you're just, you're just delirious out here. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys had fun. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one, Tappers.